Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios. Hello, hello. It is the 17th of March, 2023. St. Patrick's Day. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I can't believe it's the 17th of March already, Kyle. Yeah, almost the end of the first quarter of the calendar year. Ooh. It's a very, very scary thought. Um, maybe a good time to reflect because while we're looking at obviously what the ASX 200 has done this week in this podcast, but we know up until this point of the year, we're basically back to flat. So uh, up and down and ending the uh, nearing the end of... March, well, much where we started the year. Yeah, I mean, today, mildly positive. Let's not make too much of it for the week. It looks as if we're down by close to two and a quarter percent. It has been a wild ride since this time last week, you know, through the weekend, keeping up with what was going on with Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank obviously got a bailout, essentially, or sorry, its depositors were made whole. Everybody seems to agree that that was pretty good news. Equity investors obviously suffering, which should happen when a company is mismanaged to the extent that it looks like it was. Um, but then but then Credit Suisse came along and, you know, really sort of made that less of a U.S. regional bank problem, yet less of a U.S. bank problem and more into a global pro- pro, um, problem. But But we're not calling it a crisis, are we? No, no. And to be fair, the markets aren't responding to it as if it's a crisis. We did see some wild price action and you know, Credit Suisse stock was slammed for a day there and other financials were slammed. But I mean, I think that's one thing that we haven't seen yet. And I think you know, the sober analysis has borne out is this isn't a crisis in, in turmoil. The plumbing hasn't broken. The sky isn't falling just yet. But we've clearly got some pockets of weakness. Could it lead to something more? Well, I guess only time will tell. But for the time being, we're not at a crisis levels, but it's certainly been something to, to shake, shake up markets this week, especially as it applies to race expectations, of course. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Stephen mm. Miller from GFSM. GSFM. That's Oof, one. GSFM. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> it's Friday. Time as well. uh, look, he, we had a great chat today. I mean, I usually do have a good chat with him, but uh, he has tempered his oh. interest rate hike expectations from the Fed. So he is now expecting a 25 basis point hike coming from the Fed next week when it meets, which is the next big risk event for global markets. Um, so that's that. He said that the ECB did the right thing by hiking by 50 basis points last night, not being deterred by the eruptions Rebel. in the banking space. But it was interesting, uh, and I think you can access this interview via your, sh- your show notes. He just said, for those who think that now the RBA will not hike in April, which is now becoming a more mainstream view, he said, you're dreaming. It has to hike. I mean, you would have to see such a improvement in that inflation read at the end of the month for the RBA to pause. And this is where I'll inject what my view is today for the newsletter is that markets are pricing cuts by the end of the year. It's crazy. Yeah. So we, we basically more or less or more likely it's split pricing at the moment, um, but more 
on the balance of probabilities pricing in that there'll be no move uh, next month and then by the end of the year we'll see two rate hikes and my view today is about uh, the three circumstances where that either could be right or three explanations for that either the market's completely wrong we should complete entirely ignore it the inflation battle isn't over yet and we need to reprice accordingly or it's a rational pricing and the outcomes of that are even scarier which is a major major economic slowdown so that's kind of uh, the lay of the land right mm-hmm. now but such as the shift of the last two weeks where we've gone from a, a terminal cash rate being priced in for 4.2 percent to a year uh, an end of 2023 that'll have the cash rate in the low threes well i'm just noticing a note from anz coming today saying that domestic data does support further rba tightening and it's pointing to the robustness of this week's data flow so think about that jobs mm-hmm. data i mean i know that deanna messina no, i talked about it yesterday in the podcast talking about maybe the peak is in you know the the best has been had in terms of the job market. But I mean, you cannot get around the fact that that was a pretty blockbuster jobs report coming through. Uh, we saw in the NAB business survey still, uh, you know, conditions, conditions tight, particularly for the labor market. Um, and, and referencing that chat with Stephen, um, Stephen Miller earlier, you know, confidence, like, yeah, you can point to waning confidence. Confidence is hard to measure. I know that we have these surveys, and I know we'll get one from the U.S. next week, which is obviously a much-watched one, the University of Michigan Consumer Confidence Read. But, yeah, confidence wax and wanes quite quickly, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I th- we were talking about this a lot last year. And the last time confidence was this low, based on the metrics that you look in the United States because the data goes back better, it's, uh, it was the 1970s, which all it says to me is that people hate inflation, but that doesn't necessarily say anything about whether they'll continue to spend for the time being or whether, you know, potentially there's going to be any sort of change in the way consumers behave. It just tells you that they just really don't like inflation. But uh, I was going to say, uh, just to your point before, on the labour market as well, I mean, it, it went under the radar. Not only was it a strong print, but, you know, we need to see even more than just a, a, a st- end of, you know, rapid increases in, in, in um, the, the rate of jobs growth or a moderation of that or even, you know, just slight losses in the jobs market we need to see an unemployment rate in the mid-fall and calculations to, to get inflation back to target so nothing short of signaling that should really de- you know change anyone's mind that the labor market is at full capacity likely going to drive continued strong demand and therefore stubborn inflation so and inflation is a beast you know inflation needs to be stared down that is Tamed. what That is what, uh, you know, we are expecting to hear from the Fed. You know, we're expecting to hear next week Jay Powell saying that they will obviously respond to the data, that they will be nimble. But like they're not going to they're not going to just because of this banking crisis, I don't think all of a sudden start softening their language toward the need to get inflation back to target. No, Uh, We do have Christopher Kent, the assistant governor, speaking on Monday, actually, at the Kanga News Summit. And this is an interesting subject. And their headline writers need help. But I'll look past that. Long, well, sometimes it's good to just say what it is on the tin. Uh, Long and variable monetary policy lags. That's the title of the speech. But I think that will be really interesting to see how and get some insight into what the RBA is thinking in terms of the monetary policy lags that might be at play here. And of course, next week as well, we get the minutes of the last monetary policy meeting. Um. You know, what more will they say? We want to know thinking about inflation, the jobs market, 
and obviously mortgage rates, because it seemed as if some of the commentary coming from the Reserve Bank governor last week, at least, was acknowledging, uh, you know, even though it's not setting monetary policy for the housing market, et cetera, et cetera, you know, definitely, definitely acknowledging the fact that we've got um, a highly exposed population to rising rates. Yeah, I, I guess that's going to be the really fascinating point of debate, isn't it? Because, you know, I was joking, and this is going back a week, but technically it's not going back a week because I, I had the interview after last week's podcast, so <laughs> okay, that still falls okay. in this podcast window. Uh, Shane Oliver and Nobody's I, judging you. No, well, Shane Oliver and I, as we always discuss on a Friday afternoon, and I'll be talking to him again this afternoon, um, uh, sort of joking tongue-in-cheek that someone like me gets hit by rate rises because young with a mortgage and, you know, obviously – um, have a, a sufficient debt to, to have to sort of pay down. Uh, someone like him, however, and a lot of people in that bracket, by his own admission, well, not very highly leveraged, doesn't have a mortgage, secure employment, high income, you know, there's nothing really there to necess necessarily change their behavior. So, you know, the demographics at play here are really, really interesting and whether the RBA's transmission mechanism is powerful as it would have been, say, 20 or 30 years ago, um, because it's a very different economy, mm -hmm. yeah. which raises all sorts of issues, which I think every central bank is is dealing with. At the oh, that's interesting. Okay, uh, look, we've been very macro, very big picture. Yeah, Let me hard, bring yeah. it back to equities. Parenti was a winner today. Pointsbet Holdings, Omedia, Resolute Mining, Smart Group. Um, you know, for for various reasons, not really any of it to do with hard news or corporate news. Like that's it's been a pretty quiet one on that front today. Evolution Mining, St. Barbara, Gold Road. You can see the theme there, Kyle. So as we saw, you know, more of a risk on environment, a bit of uh, retreat there, which had been a pretty strong sector through this latest bout of volatility and uncertainty. And uh, I think it's worthwhile noting, you know, one of the themes of this week in terms of corporate news was that we did have a couple of cyber attacks. IPH Limited down still again today. Morgan Stanley was out with a note saying that, look, until we get clarity as to um, how it, you know, moves forward with, uh, you know, its cyber plans and cyber defenses, it will likely remain under pressure. Um, and then it was a small cap today, a very small cap that was uh, the stock of the day on the call. It's a company I had a chat with yesterday with a guest. Close the loop. Cap raised by a U.S. business in the refurbishing and recycling of electronics. Pretty interesting story. Shares today up by 8.8%. Let's listen in to what Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital and Claude Walker from A Rich Life had to say. These acquisitions, obviously, something you need to pay attention to, just given the, the size mm. and the price they've paid. Um, but I think more work needs to be done. Um, you know, there, there, there can often be gremlins in the closet. Definitely hold it if you're there. Right. Um, for someone like me who doesn't own, you know, I'm going to go dig into this a bit more. I do think it's a good story. So you could argue a sociological buy, if it, which I'm not a, a trader, but if you're a bit of a trader, I think that there's a, a potential sociological buy. You could look for just, this looks like a good story. It looks like the numbers look pretty decent. Yeah. Even the company itself did make, to my surprise, some actual free cash flow, very little, but some actual mm. free cash flow, even after lease repayments in the last half, which to be quite frank, for this kind of business in this kind of climate, I was, I was like, oh, that's better than I expected. So yep. uh, yeah, maybe, maybe an angle there, but not for me. So I, 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 you'll have to listen to the entire episode or at least the beginning of the call to get their full thoughts on that one, Kyle, as per mm. usual. So that clip maybe doesn't give you all the nuance, but 
It sounds like it's something that they're both interested in, not without its risk. Claude mentioned margin pressure potentially. Luke said, you know, sometimes these acquisitions are harder to, you know, get off the ground and make work uh, right away. But both of them sound pretty interested in them. So let's close the loop. C-L-G. Shall we uh, talk about tonight? Um, we've got February, final estimate of February inflation in the Eurozone. Okay. We get industrial production in the United States. We get a leading index in the U.S. The University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment comes through. Sorry, I was talking about that like it's uh, next week. But again, we're looking for how these interest rate hikes are resonating, cost of living pressures, really. And yeah. that's that's what we're going to be looking for for any further insight into. Yes, and uh, we'll probably have a release for that too, the inflation expectations component, which has not been such a significant part of the commentary recently. But if we do hark back to about, I think it was September, maybe August last year, they were explicitly referenced by Powell as being a driving factor in policy decision-making. And it always is because they're trying to make sure that those don't become unanchored. So something to watch out for, of course, that all leads into the big one next week, which we've already foreshadowed, that, uh, that Fed meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the big one next week for sure. Uh, so look, mildly positive day today. I can't imagine people, uh, I mean, yes, we've got this uh, banks helping banks sort of scenario going on in the US, uh, deposit money being deposited in First Republic's account from some of the other big banks. So that's a positive. But ooh, how much risk are people going to want to take on going into, I don't know, the weekend when feels yeah. like anything can happen when we've got the FOMC next week. I don't know. I, it feels as if it would be, um, yeah. Easy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I had a good chat with Greg, Matt Wija from city index this morning, and he kind of talked through some of these safe havens, just, you can find it online. I don't think it's available in the show notes, but he talked about obviously bonds and gold and the yen and crypto, but you know what his final safe haven was? Do nothing. He said these are very dangerous markets. Watch the dust settle and don't burn your cash or burn your position. So, yeah, that's that's something you might want to take a listen to uh, online as well. Well, maybe you. I wasn't saying you. Well, no, no, no. That's that's exactly what I need to do at the moment. Yeah, you know. It's been a tough march. Yeah, all right. Well, I hope it gets better. Look, I hope you have a good weekend, Kyle. (laughs) You too. Okay, see ya.